Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Third and Central Podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Live from the burn, here's your host. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Third and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball program. This is your host, Matt Sefcovic, and as always, joined by Aaron Turner. Aaron, typically this time of the year, heading into the fall, there's not much to talk about on the baseball front as far as college goes. But right now, we've got a it, – it, it's busy around Louisville. There's a lot going on. We'll jump into that uh, trip to the Dominican Republic just wrapped up. Pizza bowls kick off. There's just a lot going on at Third and Central right now. Um, but before we hop into that, how's everything going out your way? Doing great. You know, f- fall is finally here, loving the weather change. And you're right, there's there's a lot to look forward to at Third and Central right now. And there's a lot going on in college baseball. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into that here. Before we jump into all that, I do want to mention I had a reality check as we were preparing for this podcast because of two things. Aaron and I are leading up to the podcast, you know, we're comparing notes and what we're going to talk about and all that good stuff. And Aaron, the young buck that he is, always has his notes on the computer. They're digital and mine are always on paper because I'm an old man. And this time I actually used the computer to put my notes together for this podcast. No no way. I I, I don't want to give myself like a shout out or anything, but um, I I did uh, become younger tonight for that reason. I'm very proud of you. For those of you that are listening, you don't know how big of a step this was for for Matt. (laughs) I will say, to go along with that, I do have a cup of coffee in my hand right now because we're recording at night to keep me up through this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so one step forward, two steps back. But, but nonetheless, I'm here and we are ready to talk Louisville baseball. So kind of the first thing, like I mentioned, there's kind of a lot going on this time of the year, which is unusual for college baseball. You know, right now, when you think about baseball, you're thinking about in the postseason and all that good stuff, which Aaron will talk about here in a little bit. But there's a lot going on around the baseball program here in the city. If you follow anything about Louisville baseball on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, if you've been on social media at all, you've probably seen the post about the Dominican Republic, which we touched on last time we recorded the baseball team went down to the Dominican Republic. It just wrapped up this past week and they go down there with a, 501c3 called score internationals ministries and they do some work in the community you know giving back to the local um, areas of the dr where they go down there but they also play some games against some quality opponents Um, but the you know the guys they i think they get as much from it just giving back to the communities down there and seeing you know how how well they really have it at the university of louisville but i think they get as much from that and being involved and giving back as they do the actual games that they play in on the field. Um, 
parent, I don't know if you're looking and seeing everything that we've seen on social media, what's your, what's your biggest takeaway, I guess, from that trip that they go on? Uh, it's just a super awesome opportunity to be able to see these guys give back to, to communities that, that really need it. Uh, you know, just seeing everybody's social media posts. If you follow a lot of the guys on social media, I think most, if not all of them have posted something about it, really cool memories that they've all made. It's really fun to, to be able to, to follow that trip and see everything that they did. And then, you know, just on the baseball side of things, they played a lot of really good talent. A lot of guys that are currently on big league rosters or who are formerly on big league rosters, which kind of brings me to my next point. If you were following the scores and saw a couple of Louisville losses, don't read too much into that. Like I said, there were a lot of big league guys on that roster. You're not expected to go down there and, and whoop up on some teams. Of course, that, that's not what was important about the trip, but was asked a few times about, about the final scores. So just wanted to, to clear that up for everybody. Yeah, I got a couple responses and, about some of the scores and Louisville won a couple games. Heck, I think they they tied a game as well. It, it, they don't take it too serious down there. It's the Dominican Republic Summer League, but they played against some guys: Danny Santana, Emilio Bonifacio, and they played against some names that we've seen, you know, play Major League Baseball. Um, Yasiel Puig is actually in the league down there. Louisville didn't get the opportunity to play him, but you know, so so some of the guys down there they're they're not in their prime by any stretch of imagination, but they're guys that. Have spent time with the major league level, and as a freshman in college, if you're 18 years old pitching against a you know 35 year old grown man that has played major league baseball, you know one is not like the other. So it, it, you know you can't really read too much into these box scores, um, literally and figuratively, because I was reading some of the box scores and I didn't know what they meant just because the way they were typed and being in Spanish and they, they just use different um, acronyms and thing that we do up here. So I was Google translating some of the things to try to figure out what they meant, but uh, uh, it, you know, it, it's fun. It's a good experience for the guys to get down there. That's a trip they can take once every couple of years about the NCAA rules. And I, I think it's something that's very um, important to coach Mackey's passion about taking the group down there every opportunity they can. So just glad to see that they got to experience this trip and they took away from it a lot on the field, but also just as much off the field as well. One other thing I want to touch on, and Aaron, this is something you and I have talked about extensively the past couple of days. In, we all know the landscape of college athletics has changed drastically over the past couple of years with NIL and the transfer portal and just all of that together, which we're not going to dive into that a whole lot, but there was a tweet that was put out the other day. I don't know who the gentleman is, but he basically said that there was a mid-major that took away every scholarship from their entire 2024 class, and they wanted to use the money in the portal instead. Instead, they offered all of the players in their 2024 class to walk on if they'd wish to, but they were pulling their scholarships. Uh, this has been a big topic. At first, no one knew who it was, and then it came to find out who he's talking about is George Mason. People have come out and said, no, that didn't happen. There have been some pretty heated exchanges on Twitter. I'm not going to jump into that, but if you want to look up the gentleman's name, his name is Stephen Teal on Twitter. Uh, pretty entertaining stuff. Whether it's true or not, I think 
we've started to see some of these dominoes start to take place. And I, like I said, I don't know how true this is. I've looked up their class on Perfect Game and some of their commits on Twitter. They all say they're still committed to George Mason, but I, I don't know. I have no knowledge about George Mason baseball. But it's it's just an interesting conversation to have because I think this is something that could be a reality in the future. What do, I mean, what do you see? As, I mean, do you see this is something that could happen down the road? You know, this is something that you and I have talked so much about. Very, very fascinating development in the college baseball landscape. And I mean, I, I really can see this happening. I definitely can see it happening down the road. I've been fortunate enough to, over the last couple of years, be involved in in high school baseball and, and be there for uh, players' developments and, and be involved in some of the conversations when it comes to picking time for schools. And I've seen a lot of kids that I would consider a Division One talent be told that you know, junior college is the way to go. Uh, JUCO is is the way to go for, for a lot of guys right now just because just like college football and college basketball and you know the landscape of NCAA sports is just changing. Uh baseball is right there too. And I think your best bet right now if you're you're looking to play college baseball is probably to to look into some pretty good JUCOs because as you know the transfer portal keeps becoming bigger and bigger, you're gonna really struggle to one get playing time as a freshman and two even just crack your way on the roster. I think you're spot on with, you know, talking about getting playing time as a freshman. Because, you know, if you go to schools like like your Louisville's and your Vandy's and your Florida's and Arkansas's, you don't see a whole lot of freshmen getting on the field, you know, the first year on campus. Just, I mean, they're, they're typically there's a there's a waiting list to get to get on the field and you got to earn that spot. And typically 18 year olds aren't, you know, as ready and developed as some of the guys that have already been on campus and know the systems that they're playing in. So I think if you can go somewhere in JUCO and kind of prove your worth and show that you you can compete at the elite level and you don't have to sit out when you transfer anymore, you know, it, it's immediate, which I think is a, a game changer. So that is definitely a possibility that I think we could see more and more down the road. But on the flip side of that, I don't think the current coaching staff that we have Coach McDonald and Snyder and Williams, Vrabel, I don't think that will ever be their philosophy. They are huge. They talk about this all the time as player development. They trust the recruiting process. They, you know, they want to recruit high school guys and get them on campus and have them, you know, play a year or so before they get on the field and develop them and kind of kind of mold them into, you know, the, the winning team that they have developed over the last 17 years. So I, I think it's all on the coaching staff's mindset and approach to it. But I, I think it's definitely worth the conversation of, you know, is there a possibility that we could see a team that just doesn't recruit high school players at all? And I think it's a reality. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that that will never be the philosophy at Louisville. We've seen a lot of guys who sit out one, even two years. You know, you've got your Blake Tiberi's, your Drew Ellis's, your Dalton Rushing's who don't really get a ton of playing time, if at all, those first couple of years, you break through in your third year, have a monster year, go on and get drafted, and you're kind of one and done. 
that I mean that's kind of the the way that it's worked for Louisville and it's definitely worked up to this point. And you know, I think that if there, if we ever do get to a point where a team is no longer recruiting high school athletes, I in my personal opinion, I think that the transfer portal has gone too far. I think that they'll have to regulate, you know, you have to bring in a certain amount of high school seniors going coming in freshmen. And then you have to put a cap on how many kids you can bring in in the portal because I, I, if that does not happen, then you're, you're watering down the recruiting process across the country. And I, I don't think that's good for college athletics. Yeah. I think you're spot on. And to touch base on a little bit more here locally at Louisville, you know, I think Louisville and our coaching staff, coach McDonald, this is the first year they've really dabbed into the portal and they only took a handful of guys, but it's the first year they really have. It's new. And I think what we're going to see from them is they're going to continue to recruit high school kids. But I think they are going to handpick positions that they need filled for the upcoming season from the portal. For example, this year, you know, we, we need a catcher. So they they hit the portal and they got Luke Napleton from the D2 ranks, which we'll talk. We've talked about him before and we'll talk about him again as we get to the preview as we get closer to February, but I think you'll probably see them, you know, they need a starting pitcher this year. They went up to Wright state and got Sebastian Dongor, one of the best pitchers in the, in the portal this year. So I think you're going to see them do that, but this program, as long as this coaching staff remains here intact, that's not going to be the way of the future. But when you look at some of these teams, you know, getting 10, 15, 17 guys from the portal in one year on a, on a college baseball roster, that's maxed out at 40. I mean, when you've got 15 to 17 guys of, of 40 from the portal, that's a massive number. You know, if you look at college football, if they take 15 guys from the portal, that's nothing. They've got rosters of 85, 90 guys. But when, you know, more than a third of your players are portal guys, I don't know. I just um, – it's, it's tough for them to mesh together. But we'll, we'll see. It's the new way of college athletics. Was that Wichita State this past year that – they had some coaching changes and like 33 or 34 of their guys are currently in the portal. Yeah. They, they had some issues out there. I think there was some NCAA stuff going on with that too. And they pretty much lost every single player on their roster. So I didn't keep up with any of where they went. I don't know them came our way, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy time right now in college athletics. Yes, it is. All right. So we're going to dive into a little something different here. For those of you who kind of follow the overall landscape of, of college baseball and, and keep up with the big news on Twitter, uh, about a week ago, you might have saw some interesting news coming out of Japan. A high school left-handed slugger by the name of Rintaro Sasaki has decided that he is not going to file his paperwork for the MPB draft, the MPB being their Japan's um, you know version of Major League Baseball has decided to forego the draft and come play NCAA baseball in the United States. That is a first. We've never seen anybody like that. And Sasaki is really interesting. This big left-handed kid. If you don't, if you have not seen him yet, you need to go look him up because the video of him just hitting tanks is crazy. He currently holds the Japan high school uh, home run record, 140 career home runs over his time in high school, which is just absurd. They call him uh, Baby Prince Fielder over in Japan, which I just I love that nickname. 
Uh, but whenever he hits the States, he has been connected to either Cal or uh, Vandy. So we, there's a chance, you know, if he goes to Vandy, then we'll see him once a year. So that could be potentially pretty exciting for, for Louisville fans. You know, if, if this kid is, is everything that he's supposed to be, it's going to be big news for college baseball. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And, you know, I've talked about this over the past little bit since this news kind of broke that he's coming here and a, a few things to dive into that, you know, one thing about him, the way he's coming to the States, you know, he's not eligible for NIL money. So he is very interested in attending a school that is not only good at baseball, but also they're strong academically as well. So I don't know why Cal is on that list. California, the good at baseball part, they don't meet that criteria. But anyways, those are the two that he's kind of narrowed it down to so far that are, they, they've mentioned. And, you know, with the NIL not coming into play, it's really just going to be who's the best fit for him. Another thing that is intriguing to me is how does his game translate to the United States? You know, we've seen a lot of these guys, like you said, this is kind of unprecedented that they come over here and play uh, college baseball. Normally they come over and they sign a pro contract. We've seen, you know, Ichiro, Hideki Matsui, obviously Shohei Itani as of recently, and we could go on and on and name many other players that have come from Japan and either A, been very successful, or, you know, they're the best of the best over there. But when they get to the States, the game is just so different that they struggle for one reason or another. So I guess if you're him, is it better to come now and show that you can compete at the elite college level? Or would you take the pro route over there and then try to get to the MLB through there? I mean, what what, what would you do if you were in his shoes? I, I don't know. that That is incredibly tough, and I'm glad that I'm not in his shoes and have to make a decision like that. But, you know, something that you see often with these young guys is they, they want to get their money and they want to get their money as quickly as possible. And, I, you know, you can't blame somebody for, for doing that. Back in 20, I want to say it was 2018, Carter Stewart was drafted in the top five of the major league draft by the Atlanta Braves and decided that he didn't want to go make minor league money for the next few years and decided that he was going to go pitch in Japan for six years and then come back to the United States. And we're about to get to that point where he's going to be posted again and able to come back to the United States. Don't really know what that money would look like for him, but that, you know, that was the, that was the first situation that, that came to my mind when I saw that Sasaki was coming because now you're foregoing NPB money. If you struggle in NCAA, then you know your draft stock obviously takes a hit. You're not going to get that massive first round signing bonus, and then you're off to make minor league money for the next five or six years, and then you're on a rookie major league contract. So there's a there's a huge risk there in terms of you know making your money. Where if you know, like you said, if he struggles for one reason or another, it's a very different game. Um, you know, it could have it could have very very negative effects on his on his earning potential. Yeah, and, you know, again, where he can't take NIL money, he's just, you know, by coming here, he's just really kicking the can down the road and prolonging when when his salary is going to start. But, you know, over there, I don't and I don't know, I know they obviously don't pay as much as they do here. I mean, you look at a situation that's completely different, but a guy like Trevor Bauer, who he had to spend 
couple of seasons over there, he was just making two or three million a year, if I'm not mistaken. You know, his salary was much smaller. Um, now I could live off two or three million. I'm not saying that that's not change, but when you've got guys, you know, signing two, three, four hundred million dollar contracts, you know, that's jump change to those guys. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't know. Um, it, it, I'm really glad that he's coming over here to play college baseball. It's exciting because I think if he, I think if he comes over here and does well, this is a trend that we could probably start seeing and just getting more talent into the States to play college baseball as this sport continues to grow. But one thing I think they do need to look at changing in one way or another, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, I, I wish it's something they could look into is finding a way that those guys can get NIL money. You know, you look at Kentucky with Oscar Sheeway a couple of years ago, they went down to the Bahamas or they went up to Canada. They went somewhere out of the border or outside the border so they could host some type of tournament and he could, I don't know the loophole around it, but he was able to earn NIL money because of that. So, but, you know, not every school has the luxury to do that. So if, if they could get these guys some way to get some funds in their pockets and, you know, let them earn on their name, image, and likeness like everybody else, I think that's what's best for the student athlete. Yeah, I, I think this is, you know, I think it's great for NCAA baseball as a whole. You're potentially looking at a, a very polarizing figure that you could you could market like crazy, you know. If he ends up playing at Vanderbilt, playing in the SEC every weekend, NCAA baseball finally has this this big figure that you know the SEC fans they're all going to be invested in him. I I for one am going to be very invested in watching his career, and and you have an entire country who is very passionate about their guys that come over here too. And next thing you know, just the game of of college baseball has grown exponentially just because of one guy who decided that he was going to come play college baseball in the States. Yeah. And college baseball has grown exponentially over the last couple of years. Anyways, I think if, if you can extend that reach, gosh, beyond the United States, um, we'll take this thing to the moon. So I know we are talking a little bit about some major league baseball guys and how to get there and whatnot. Seen a lot of guys on the big stage, have come through Louisville not too long ago. But I'm going to turn things over to our trusty Aaron to bring us up to speed on all things uh, pro ball related. Wish I had some great things to report. Not so much. Season is over. Uh, coming into the postseason, there were three guys who were playing postseason baseball. Uh, Chad Green with the Blue Jays, they got eliminated in the wild card round by the Twins. And Bobby Miller and Will Smith, who were just recently swept out of the division series with the Dodgers. Um, Bobby, in his first postseason start, did not look like the Bobby Miller that we all know. And that, you know, that happens. You put a rookie out there in his first postseason start in a very high leverage spot. You know, it, it's very tough to perform. Uh, but overall, just a fantastic season for Bobby Miller. Uh, he won't win rookie of the year, but I do think that he'll get some rookie of the year votes. Um, so very excited to watch him and watch his career unfold because I do think that you know, we talk about earning potential on on Sasaki, but the future earning potential on Bobby Miller, I think you're looking at a guy who could potentially eventually sign a contract somewhere between 150 200 million dollars. So very excited to watch his career unfold and and you know his teammate Will Smith, he he was one of the lone bright spots for the Dodgers this past series. 
Uh, he had five hits and 12 at-bats. Uh, those five hits, he had a couple RBIs, had a triple in there, uh, played some good defense behind the plate, just the Will Smith that, that we're all accustomed to seeing. Uh, I noted it earlier on my uh, the alumni account, but Will Smith is currently the the pro Cardinals uh, leader in playoff games already. Just made his major league debut in 2019. Has already played in 41 career playoff games, which is just crazy to think about. Feels like he just made his debut yesterday and got drafted just a few days ago. But you know, he's he's shining on the big stage. It's, it's been really fun to watch. And I think that's a guy who we could see get paid here in the next few months or may, maybe next year too. Uh, there's been some talks about Will Smith getting an extension from the Dodgers. He, you know, his free agency is is coming up pretty quickly, actually. Um, so Dodgers are looking to lock him down. That might be a guy that you see signed for eighty to a hundred million too. So, you know, it's I think it's going to be a pretty interesting off season for a, a few of our pro pro guys. And as always, you know where to find the updates. Well, I will say one thing: if he's going to sign for eighty or a hundred million, so I'm just going to put out this plug. Hey, Will. We need some upgrades at Jim Patterson <laughs> Stadium. Um, so if you if you got a couple couple extra dollars laying around, um, hit up Josh Hurd and he can probably he can probably find a place to put those. But no, all jokes aside, um, one thing that uh, Baseball America put out the other day, which was really good publicity for Louisville, was that we were one of eight schools that had three players, uh, three players from. Um, a college play on, in the Major League Baseball playoffs this year. Uh, the other seven were Arkansas, Cal, Cal State Fullerton, Florida, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Texas. So Louisville's in pretty good company there with the other seven programs that have three alums on MLB baseball rosters. So glad to see that. Uh, would love to see that number a little bit higher. But, you know, things happen. And, um, you know, I think as – some of these younger guys get the opportunity to get called up, which Aaron, you you talk about it every podcast. I think that number is just going to continue to grow because we've got guys that are just climbing up the ranks um, every year. So just excited to see um, these guys and have the opportunity to get on the big stage. You have my personal Aaron Turner guarantee that playoffs 2024, there will be more than three pro cards that are playing in the playoffs. This is a plug I'm going to DraftKings real quick. I don't know if that is available yet, but as soon as they put that on there, I'm definitely going to take the take the over three for next year of Louisville alum playing in the Major League Baseball playoffs. You know, we were talking about safe bets a couple of weeks ago, or you know, whatever it was. I think I might have steered you wrong on on, did. Uh, on one or two already. So I, I don't really know if you would listen to me anymore. Um, definitely, listen. definitely would not take my betting advice, but. So the one I took the other day, it was, it was free money, right? It was Bobby Miller, five and a half strikeouts. It was over and under. And I took the over. I thought that was free money. I really did. Um, but he, he just had a tough first inning. Um, I, after I bet it, I text Aaron. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was hoping you were going to say, that's free money. And you said, that's free money. And I bet it. And I lost the money. Um, so needless to say, uh, I, I'm thankful that we have sports gambling in Kentucky. I've done pretty well, but that was that was not one of my better moments because I think he recorded one strikeout. Um, but Bobby will uh, he'll get back and he'll be he'll be even better than he was this year uh, come next season. So nothing to worry about with with Bobby. 
But we're going to go ahead and jump into our next rendition of the off-season Diamond Dialogues. We're super excited to have our next uh, guest join us. We've had, you know, a lot of the or some of the past guys, current guys, and now we're going to have a future Cardinal join us uh, with Jake Greger as he joins the show now. So we are now joined by Jake Greger. Jake, we just want to take a minute and uh, say thank you for coming on. I know it's a busy time for you right now. High school's going on. You just got back from Jupiter. But we'll go ahead and jump into things and kind of go back to your fall before your sophomore season. Um, crazy to think that was about two years ago now when you committed to Louisville. Uh, what, what, is, what was it about Louisville that stood out and made you commit to your hometown school? You know, obviously being from Louisville, Kentucky, just about 30 minutes away, it was, a, it was always like a home for me, you know, uh, see, meeting Coach Matt, Coach Williams, Coach Snyder, like they all treated me like family. And that's the ultimate reason why I wanted to go there. Just playing in my hometown, being close to my family, just so they can come see me play and not having to go too far. You know, if I want to come home for a day, I can. Or like if I'm homesick, whatever, like my mom can make me a meal or something, you know. So just be, it's just, it's just, it was a right, the right decision for me for sure. Say nothing better than going back and getting a home cooked meal for mama after you just have to do your food. <laughs> oh gosh. No, it's not the best. That's for sure. <laughs> So were there other schools that you ever considered or was it always, you know, Louisville's home? You know, um, uh, like looking back now, there always there always were other schools, like I always entertained other schools. Um, but I always knew kind of that I wanted to play at Louisville, just like I said, just being from home and just watch them growing up, watch their success of them going to the College World Series, all the good players. I mean, I remember watching Brandon McKay, like sitting on my couch, you know, just – I wanted to be that guy when I, coming into my freshman year. You know, and, you know, we always talk about how Dan is really good about recruiting hometown and, and sticking with those Louisville guys. The current Louisville roster is just loaded of guys who play in the area, even a few that, that played at St. X. Have you developed a, a relationship with any of those guys? And is there anybody in particular that you're, that you're really looking forward to playing to, or sorry, playing with next year? Yeah, I have. I mean, it's always cool, like, going up to see, you know, some of my buds that are there right now, like Ty Stark. Really, me and him really, like, hit it off right after he committed. We were always really good friends, but we always traveled down to Lexington to go train together. So we'd always have, like, good conversations. And I was helping him through the recruiting process because I've already been through it. So it was really good and really bonded us closer. And that's – and ha helping him and, yeah. Yeah, Stark's another guy. I think we're all super excited to see what his contribution is going to be because he, you know, seems like he kind of came on as of late. But I mean, you know, going down to North Carolina, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, you know, he you know, threw a gym down there when you all went and played in the tournament down there. But I, I think we're all really excited to see what Ty can bring uh, to this roster next year. Yeah, um, for but, sure. So your high school career obviously isn't over. You still have one season left. Um, you've had plenty of moments worth celebrating so far. You're state championship a couple years ago, region runner-up last year, among others. When you think about your high school career 20 years down the road, what will you remember most about your – Looking back, playing at St. X is one of the best, like, three years of my life, playing there, like, just playing with all the guys. It was really fun to, like, 
bond and come closer with them and making the state championship run that we had my sophomore year was a really good time, really fun. And obviously we came up a little short last year, but we still had a great time, great season, made a lot of friends, like just had a, had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. Earlier this year, St. X was invited to the U.S. Base, Baseball National High School Invitational. Uh, they were the first Kentucky school to ever receive an invite to the tournament. Uh, you all were able to win the first game and then advance to the final eight teams out of the 16 that were invited. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was, a really, it was a really fun time just, you know, playing against the best competition in the nation and just seeing all the different talent around the around the country. It was really cool to see and really cool to, I guess, win one game and be the first team from Kentucky to go there. Um, like I've, I've played there before, but a lot of my teammates hadn't. So it was really cool to see like their first, I guess, glimpse of the stadium and the different talent outside the state. So it was really cool to see just going there, winning a game, you know, having fun, just playing the game that we all love. Sure. Now fast forward to just a few weeks ago, you got to play in another pretty prestigious tournament down in Jupiter, Florida. And one of the last travel ball tournaments, you know, that high school seniors get to participate in. Um, you all went six and one and made it to the round of 16. Uh, what was that experience like playing against some of the best players in the country? Yeah, so I got to pitch the first game on Thursday. It was really cool. Just I always play with canes. So, like, you obviously get all the golf carts lined up behind you because everybody wants to come watch the canes and everybody has a gun on your back and a target on your back. So it was really, really fun to pitch in that environment and I think it's going to like prepare me for the future to come. And for those that don't know the golf carts down in Jupiter, it's kind of a big running joke because there's just, they say the golf carts like miles and miles away from the site down there. Like they're all rented out. You cannot find a golf cart absolutely anywhere. And the pictures, if you look them up on Twitter on social media, it's pretty insane. The amount of golf carts that just like pile around, uh, you know, these, these fields. And I guess if you're the guy closest to the field, you're not going anywhere. Like, you're stuck for a long time. Like, yeah. you can't get out. No, no. But it's just, it's just pretty insane to see. Um, but So while you were down there, Jupiter, were you able to connect with any other guys that are committed to Louisville? Um, and maybe on top of that, any guys in your class that you've been able to develop a relationship with so far that you're kind of excited to play with next season? Um, I saw Teg Take Davis down there. Uh, he was playing with the Blue Jays scout team, I believe. I think I talked right. to him. I got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, he seemed to be doing well. He's re- he was ready to come on our official here in the next coming weeks. So it was really cool to see him. But I didn't really see any other guys that I can think of. Yeah, I didn't see any other guys uh, from Louisville or committed in our class. Any other guys in the class that you? I mean, I, have you all gotten pretty close, like your class, anybody that, you know, do you all stay in contact with each other pretty regularly or? Um, yeah, how, so my, my roommate down here is Alex Gay. He's also oh, okay. uh, going to Louisville. So obviously, or he was at Jupiter too. Just forgot about him. Okay. Um, playing with the Phillies. So I've always been close to him. And I just think it was good that he's my roommate. So. It was, but I also, I'm also uh, close with like Jake Schweitzer up from Trinity, um, Caleb Bricks, Kyle Campbell, all of those guys that are that are committed to Louisville that are at Trinity right now. So I'm close with all of them, and we all stay pretty close in touch. I would say. So as you mentioned earlier, you're no longer at Saint X. You just recently made the move to IMG. 
Uh, we had Zion Rose on a few weeks ago, and he kind of did the same thing, transferred to IMG for his senior season. And he had nothing but great things to say about it, said that it was the best prep that he could have ever had for his freshman year of college and really got his mind and body right to be able to make that transition a lot easier. Um, you know, in your short time there so far, have you kind of gotten the same uh, vibe, the same feeling from that? And you know, was that kind of what drove your move to go to IMG? Yeah, I have. Um, I talked a lot with Zion actually about like how how the transition was and like what IMG did for him specifically, obviously being two different positions. It was kind of tough to tell, but he had nothing but great things to say. And I just, the ultimate reason why I came down here is just because I wanted everything in one area and they have the nutrition, they have the strength conditioning, they have the pitching side of things they got. I mean, they have it all down here. So it, it was ultimately the right move for me. And I'm just, thankful to be here and I feel like I'm getting a lot better from because of it. So, you know, those are all in incredible and it's great that, you know, we've got guys that are getting that experience, but you move from Louisville to Bradenton, Florida. What have been the challenges of that for you? For me, it's been a lot of sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sweating, sweating a lot profusely, but, it's definitely a different weather climate down here and, a, and it's better, it's better competition, honestly. So that's the ultimate reason. Another reason why I wanted to come down here is to, to be better prepared for my freshman year going into Louisville. And so, yeah. It's a big climate change going from sweating all the time down there to, you know, when you come to Louisville, your first game is in February in Louisville where, you know, everybody's bundled up wearing sweatshirts and, you know, parkas and toboggans out on the field. We, we had a game, we had a game last year, two years ago in Michigan. If you watched on TV, literally you couldn't even see the stream because they're, they're snowing so hard that you had no idea what was actually taking place. So a uh, little different climate than what you're getting down there in Brayden. Yeah, it could be sleet and snow one day, and then it could be 70 and sunny the next day. You never know. <laughs> yeah, hence the sinus infection that I'm battling right now. <laughs> um, so you kind of talked about down there, you have a little bit of everything. You're getting better pitching. Um I know you spend a little bit of time, you know, playing the position and hitting as well. Is that something you could do in college or do you think you're going to focus more on the mound? I'm definitely going to focus on the pitching side of things just because I want that's uh, why I came down here is just to focus on one thing, you know, just get better at pitching and not really focus on other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, one thing when you kind of look at perfect game and, their rankings and all that stuff. Right now, they've got you ranked 118th in your class. Uh, you know, there's a good chance next year during the draft, you, you'll you probably hear your name called at some point in time, which is kind of probably surreal to hear when that's, you know, said out loud to you. How cool is that? Um, but second, like, what are your thoughts on going to school versus signing out of high school, If you know, if you get drafted next year? Um, I've always, like, wanted to go to school. Um, just because I feel like it would ultimately prepare me and just because, like, everyone says you want to live that college life, I guess. So there's really – I mean, it would have to be, like, a good amount of money for me to go. At, like, life-changing money is what me and my parents always say. But we'll see. And I'm I'm just focused on stepping on campus for the first first day and going going to work. You know, so we talked a lot about Jake Greger on the field, ton of baseball conversation here. What's something that we need to know about you, Jake Greger, off the field? Mm, I love to fish. 
love to hang out with friends. Um, don't really play a lot of video games, but it's nothing really too cool about me. But I, I like to fish and just just chill, honestly. You need to talk to JT Benson, then. <laughs> yeah, I heard I've heard he's a big fisherman. I've been seeing all his videos on Twitter. I said we had JT on not too long ago, and he was talking about his NIL deal that he's got with the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife, and uh, just kind of cool to see how you know that has all transpired. And I, I guess that's a good discussion to kind of talk about what is you know NIL. Obviously, that has completely changed. I don't think Aaron and I get behind the microphone now, and NIL isn't brought up in one way or another. What is? I mean, what is NIL? How has that changed things? And what, what's your outlook on just all of the landscape and college um, athletics right now in general? You know, I think it's a really cool thing that the NCAA has allowed. I mean, it's it's allowing college athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. I mean, if you're good, you're gonna you're gonna get money, you're gonna get sponsorships, and you're gonna you're gonna make make some money. I mean, it's tough. It's tough, kind of in baseball, just because it's a little different than football and basketball. But I still think it's it helps college athletes who come who don't come from a lot of money and can help them get a boost up if they don't make it to pro sports, but they're still they were really good college players. That's still kind of surreal, you know. Right now, when you drive around the city of Louisville, you see like current Louisville athletes with their faces on billboards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Tom Drexler, the plumber in town. Everybody knows the name is his number. Um, but you know, and Jake Plummer, like you know, they've team together there's billboards of jake Plummer and tom drexler kind of all over the city right now so it, it, it's really cool to see that these athletes like yourself are able to benefit um off of you know your play in between the lines for sure well jake i think that's all we've got tonight um like i said i know you're busy down at img in florida enjoying this warm weather while it's starting to get cold up here for us but we appreciate you taking some time and hopping on with us tonight and uh, talking a little little Louisville baseball. Yes, sir. I thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Again, I just want to thank Jake for coming on tonight, spending some time with us. I know he's down at IMG and they have a super busy and structured schedule. I mean, it's pretty intense down there what they have to go through. So I just really appreciate him spending some time with us and talking a little, little baseball, kind of his past and present and what his future looks like. So in the meantime, Aaron, I know things are kind of, dead in your world as there's there's no more cards in the pros this year um it's we're down to we're down to zero as they've they've unfortunately been eliminated but you're always going to be putting content out that's what you do that's who you are so where can we find you it's going to be a pretty active off season so you know it, never never time to sleep with, with the pro cards but you can find all that content on the uh, Louisville baseball alumni report on twitter and you can find me on Card Chronicle or on Twitter at Matt Sefcovic. And things will start cramping up here soon as we start heading into the fall and preparing for the 2024 season. February is going to be here before we know it. And it's going to be baseball time in the blink of an eye. So Jim Patterson Stadium hopefully will be rocking before too terribly long. And in the words of Sean Moss, we'll see you at the ballpark.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.